You're listening to What If We Loved Podcast, a show about building up the church through love, sonship, and healing. Here are your hosts and founders of Love Inside Out Ministries, Bruce and Shay Mason. Welcome to episode six of the What If We Loved Podcast. I've got it this time, Lisa. I actually said the episode. <laughs> I've been forgetting to say the episode number. So we are on episode six now. <laughs> We figured we'd have a 10 episode reunion or not yes. reunion, a celebration. Like 30. That, right? Do we need a reunion? Need a reunion. Wow. <laughs> a reunion. I know it's been so long since I've seen you guys. I know. We're all here again, Bruce, Shay, Lisa, Janie, and Talia, our beautiful little golden doodle. I'm sure she'll chime in at some point. <laughs> Maybe not. We wanted to continue off our theme from last time about uh, foundations that Jesus is cleaning up our hearts and healing us and restoring, I was going to say restoring the foundations. There's a wonderful ministry by that name, <laughs> if you haven't heard of it. Restoring and renewing the foundation of our hearts, uh, giving us uh, a new foundation on which to stand that all of us as one body can stand upon, can live from, and it's the foundation of love. And at the end of um, Ephesians 2, Paul says this, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What God has intended for us in clearing our hearts, if we want to think about it, I guess very simply, that, that our hearts are now the dwelling place for his spirit. So our hearts are like a home for him. In the Old Testament, God's home was the temple. So they built the temple, God's presence and spirit came to dwell in that temple and people would come to the temple, make their offerings and sacrifices and encounter God in that place. Then Jesus comes and at his baptism, he receives the Holy Spirit. And this is after the original temple, of course, has been destroyed way back when, and now they built a new temple. But Jesus comes and he himself gets filled with the Holy Spirit. So in that sense, Jesus then becomes the temple on earth, a living, breathing temple. And then when he dies and when he is raised from the dead, he sends us the Holy Spirit. He and the Father send us the Holy Spirit. And we then become <coughs> the new temple in which God dwells. So he puts the Holy Spirit into our hearts says in uh, Romans 5, that love comes and dwells in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And so our, our hearts then become his home. And who likes to live in a cramped and crowded home and in a messy home? I certainly don't. I'm uh, always trying to clean up and, and uh, throw things away. But God likes to, God's desiring to come into our hearts and clear up all the spaces that he has not been able to dwell. Because, because he literally is coming to dwell in our hearts, not only the Father, not only the Son, but also the Holy Spirit. So, so God himself, the fullness of the Trinity, I know this is kind of a big, kind of mind-blowing thing, but is coming to dwell in our hearts. So when we walk around day by day, if we're a believer, and we walk around day by day, we actually carry the Trinity within us. We carry all who the Father is, all of who Jesus is, and all of who the Holy Spirit is. So he's dwelling within us. The question now, of course, is how much of him is able to be seen in and through us? 
by other people. And God wants us to be that reflection of him to the world. So when we're walking around, people are looking at us and they're not seeing us really. Who are they seeing? They're seeing Jesus. They're seeing the Father. They're seeing the Holy Spirit. But the only way that can happen is if our hearts get so healed and there's so much space then created for him that he really is able to not only dwell in full, but then pour out from our hearts in fullness. And it's something that we're, we're all involved in together. Paul says this in Ephesians in chapter, what are we, chapter 3, verse 14. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're all part of the same family. So Jesus is dwelling in our hearts. And you know what? That's, that's one of the, the things we all have in common, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That I can say, you know, I can say to Lisa, who's sitting across from me, Jesus is living within you. And I can look across at Shay and I can say, Shay, Jesus is living within you. And I can turn to my left and say to Janie, now you know how we're all seated. Right <laughs> <laughs> I turn to Janie and say, Janie, Jesus is living within you. And they can say the same to me, that, that Bruce, Jesus is living within you. So we have something that is amazing that we have in common with one another. That God is coming to dwell in us by his Holy Spirit. He's clearing our, our hearts so that not only he has a place to dwell on earth so that he can use us to do what he wants to do, but so that we have a connection with one another. So that we're actually connected by him, in him, as his family. And I, I never really understood the concept of family when I was growing I was in a family. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a family. <laughs> but... I remember when I first uh, took my first church and I, um, I was fresh out of seminary, very wet behind the ears, didn't have any clue what the heck I was doing, I have to say, going right out of seminary and taking a church is not an easy thing. But I remember not, um, I remember looking at the congregation thinking, wow, you know, this is amazing what God's called me to do. And now this is, I get to be the shepherd of this flock. But I didn't really understand the church as a family at that point. And because of that, I think at times I, I didn't always minister from that heart of family as, as much as, as in retrospect, I wish that I had done. Because every one of us is um, so beautifully loved by God and so beautifully filled with him that the level of love and familial love, this beautiful love that we've been called to live within is so transcendent and other while at the same time being so present and now that it's really hard to grasp mm-hmm. and that's the truth of it mm-hmm. but wouldn't you say that some of us don't perceive the nature of family in the body of christ because we have a broken image of family very oh and very true and I'm just thinking, you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up before too long. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can all laugh at the stories of the horrible, dysfunctional <laughs> Thanksgiving dinners mm-hmm. and, you know, the the family member that you're thinking, oh, my goodness, they just said what? And, oh, no, this is all going to explode and nobody's getting along and so-and-so is not talking to so-and-so. And friends, we don't want the church to look like that. <laughs> yeah, we are really family, really family. And uh, Tom Wright, N.T. Wright, the Anglican theologian, 
um, says this in his book, uh, Simply Christian. And I happened to see this actually in a blog. Someone was writing about this similar topic recently. But um, Wright says this. He says, the early Christians did their best to live as an extended family, caring for each other in the way in which, in that world, extended families did. They called each other brother and sister and really meant it. They lived and prayed and thought like that, children of the same father, following the same older brother, sharing goods and resources where need arose. When they talked about love, that's the main thing they meant, living as a single family, a mutually supporting community. And then he says this, the church must never forget that calling. Love that. Have we forgotten that calling? It's a good question. Mm -hmm. When you, when you're in church, when you look around at the people around you, are you recognizing, are we recognizing that they're actually part of our same family? Mm -hmm. That, that person who's sitting um, next to you at church who you've maybe struggled with, or maybe the person's across the room because you haven't wanted to sit next to them, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Are you, are you, are you quick to forgive? You know, what does it really mean? This is an important question for us all to ponder as well. What does it really mean to live as family? And mm-hmm. if we've grown up, as Shay was just saying, in a family that may have been dysfunctional, I mean, no family's perfect. I don't know anybody's has had a perfect family. But if we've lived in a family that is, has been difficult, are we putting that same image onto mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. of Christ? Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, however, is the body of Christ actually living itself as a family is supposed to? Are we teaching about what it's like to live as a family? How many times do we actually hear gossip in the church about mm-hmm. other people? Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. You know, how often are we um, even innocently uh, talking about somebody else mm-hmm. and not really thinking about the consequence? Yeah. of the words that we're speaking and you know i'm i'm guilty of that yeah. you know i think we're probably all guilty of that mm-hmm. that just reminds me of you know because sometimes even if you hear maybe some people saying mean things in church mm-hmm. or there will be things that happen that aren't maybe healthy for you to be around that i think it's such a beautiful picture to call it a family because in families we have boundaries <laughs> And then, but we have loving boundaries and mm-hmm. we have, so I think in calling the church a family, it's, it's also making room for that as well. It's saying we're loving each other. We're giving each other the benefit of the doubt, but we're also, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, accept bad treatment just like you wouldn't in a family. But, right. um, <laughs> but I think it's a beautiful mm-hmm. picture to be, to be able to have a safe place and to know that you know, even though there is brokenness and even though that you might not want to, you might not want to be next to someone for your own, you know, boundaries that God's given you, that that doesn't mean that you don't love, that you don't root for the best for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep no forget. record of wrongs yeah. in our yeah. heart towards those people, yeah. even yeah. if they're challenging, because yeah. it, it's yeah. a family. There's going to be challenging people. Yeah. Right. But keep what, yourself free from hate yeah and what what god empowers us to do through his spirit is to extend grace mm-hmm. to those people yeah. and the ideal of course is that 
in the body and the family, we're all truly loving one another. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to wind up in a situation where we are at odds with a brother or sister. But the reality of of the world in which we live and the fact that we still, you know, there's still sin in the world is that we're not going to get along with everybody all the time. And people are going to say things that hurt us and we're going to say things that hurt other people. So the question is, given that, even though that's not the ideal, you know, how do we re- how do we respond to that? How do we react to other people? Are we still going to seek to react in love and from our heart, even if we have to protect ourselves, even mm-hmm. if we have to be careful about being in certain circumstances? Mm-hmm. How do we still live in love? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the Even more we give that. God permission to mm-hmm. work in our own hearts, the more we're going to respond with love. When mm-hmm. someone presses on us in a way that, you know, maybe doesn't feel so nice, well, what, what comes out of us? Mm-hmm. Does rage come out? Because that's yeah. probably not the right response. Yeah. But if we've dealt with some of our own heart wounds, you know, we can we can get to that place where it isn't rage that comes out, mm-hmm. but forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have so much of the character of God Himself in us that the natural response that we have to anybody is His character, His nature, mm-hmm. that it's love. Uh, Paul in Ephesians says this about the church. This is from Ephesians four, and I just as an aside that if you want to read about a church that was truly loving and Paul loved the Ephesian church because they knew how to love. They were, they really known as the church who could love. And so God, or so Paul responded to them in that language of love, but he also gives them further instruction about how to live even more as a body who loves one another. And, And so he gives them, some some thoughts but then he says this this is starting at verse 15 in chapter 4 he says in speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament and i love this part grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work that the whole point uh, of the body, or at least one of the whole functions of the body, is to build up one another mm-hmm. in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if, if, if we're seeing a body, if we're seeing a church that, that is, you know, essentially backbiting each other and, and not at peace and not um, growing and thriving, we've got to ask the question, is there love? in their midst Mm -hmm. is the church growing and building itself up in love are we as brothers and sisters not just as a church but as a wider body um doing that um and 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 he says as each part does its work so i think part of it too and this is another podcast is um how do we how do we discern what our part is in the body each of us has a particular call and a part to play Mm -hmm. and sometimes we can play other people's parts and other people's roles Mm -hmm. and that can be a a, an open door Mm -hmm. to conflict and tension but god's goal is that the body of christ this is a little further up and uh before in that passage he says the god's goal is that the body of christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Can you even imagine? I know, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Whoa, what would that look like? Yeah. I love that because it's like even within a family, I'm thinking of family that has mm -hmm. a lot of kids. You're like, you have the older brother and then yeah. the one, the younger one learns from mm -hmm. him and then the younger one learns from him. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's how God designed it for us to be learning and disciple, even within mm -hmm. a family. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of when I first got saved and I walked into your old ministry in mm -hmm. upstate New mm -hmm. York and I'd been saved, I don't know, two months or something. So I didn't believe a lot of things. I was still like trying to figure out what this whole thing was about. Yeah. And I asked a lot of weird questions, but even in that, what I remember was that everyone was so loving and had so much patience for me. Mm -hmm. I was a new believer, so I didn't right. really, you're still learning and growing and maturing. And so you need somebody who's patient and kind and mature and knowledgeable to then be like, oh yeah, well, this, here's what the word says and here's what you the direction you, you go safe. with this and it felt safe and yeah. like that to me was loving if mm -hmm. if somebody said what is love to you i could you know t tell that story about that time yeah. and be like that was loving mm -hmm. they were patient they were kind mm -hmm. you know they, they weren't like oh you're so messed up man mm -hmm. you're you have this past and come you're back just, when you've got it all together <laughs> yeah I, don't know, I would just never be able to <laughs> I remember well when you when you showed up that night and and we're like who's this <laughs> <laughs> and, and we could tell that you felt awkward but then that was the first thought the second thought was yes let's bring her in and we, we were knew. so happy that you were there we yeah. knew god had brought you there that night yeah and there was no question but you know another good question another good yeah. test i guess is what happens in the body when someone stumbles? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we react? To yeah. It? Yeah. Because yeah. we're all still human. Right. We never get it all right. Right. So right. we're still maturing we make and mistakes growing. and yeah. even leaders make mistakes. So how do we respond mm -hmm. when someone stumbles? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very, very good question. And we, well, we don't have all that much time to talk about that today, do we? <laughs> but, good question to ponder. But yeah, is, but it's a good it's a good mark for our hearts. Is yeah. if you knew someone who was struggling, or if you knew a pastor struggled or fell in some way, mm -hmm. what would your heart do? Yeah. You yeah. Know, and you... how do we restore them? Yeah. And build mm -hmm. them up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead yeah. of tearing, tearing them, them down, down and, and watching them yeah. fail or wanting them to. Yeah. And part of that comes to to some false expectations that we place that we we. We want our pastors and leaders and to be perfect. We want them to be the, the we want them to be that exact representation mm -hmm. of Jesus. And then we forget that they're human beings on a journey. And there are biblical like standards are. for for a leader. I mean, right. we, we should expect more from yeah. our leaders, yeah. but they're still human. We right. can't expect perfection. Right. We can't <laughs> look at them the and have them be a placeholder for the Lord. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Right. So that's and that's where we have to build our leaders up as well as they're building us up because we're all part of the family. We've got to remember that we're in that family mm -hmm. together and they have a particular role and function in the family to lead, mm -hmm. which is a God given thing. Um, and they can experience but, depression and burnout mm -hmm. and all the things that the rest of us go through. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we need to, to keep that in mind. Yeah. If that's you and you're listening and you're a pastor, or a leader, and um, it's been hard on you um, because you felt an inner conflict sometimes. I can speak of this because I've had it myself, this inner conflict. If you're wanting to present yourself in a particular way, you, you can 
feel, literally feel the expectations that people have mm -hmm. uh, um, about how you need to act and behave. And, and yet inside, there's a part of you that's saying, I can't do it. I can't live up to that. Or I'm dying in inside. Area. There's something that's going on inside my heart. And mm -hmm. I just pray for you right now. Mm -hmm. um, I pray that, that Father God, for all those pastors and leaders, um, and, and those even who aren't pastors and leaders who have that inner conflict inside right now, who are really struggling with living, how, you know, trying to live a life like Jesus, trying to live a life of love, trying to, um, trying to reflect you, Jesus, to the world. And yet inside there are things that seem to be in conflict with that. Hurts, brokennesses, um, unresolved things. Uh, and so there's this this tension within. I pray that Jesus, right now, you'll come into that place of tension and that you will minister to their hearts. And Father, I ask for repentance too, for um, even though I have been a leader, I've also <laughs> not been a leader at times too, that ask just re to repent um, of not, not loving our pastors and leaders, but also not loving other members of the body well actually letting um, our hurts and wounds, uh, our offenses, really it's our offenses. And there's such a spirit of offense in this world right now, but letting our offenses stop and, and clog up our ability to love mm -hmm. each other. Because we are in a family. Like it or not, the body of Christ is filled with our brothers and sisters, even if we don't like some of them. And <laughs> you know what? Father God, I pray that, that you will transcend all of that and give us such a heart of love for one another. It doesn't even matter mm -hmm. whether we like one another at times, but that we so love one another anyway, mm. that through that, the world will see who you are. Yeah. We will represent you well because they see your love in us and it won't look like the world at all. So, Father, that's, a, I know, a big prayer, but I pray that for all of us. Yeah. So more, Lord, more, Lord, more of you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a, these are a joy for us to do. We hope you're enjoying it, and I don't know, if, do we have any way of getting feedback? Or? Yeah, if you like the podcast, share it. Um, give us a review yeah. on iTunes or not. It's not called iTunes anymore. Is it oh. Apple podcast? Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, leave a review, leave a mm -hmm. comment. You can also reach out to us through our Facebook page, through the ministry love inside out. Mm -hmm. If you have a question or a comment, um, you can leave it there on mm -hmm. the Facebook page. And if there's, yeah, if there's something you want us to talk about, um, something that that you feel would be helpful. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're always open to yeah. new ideas. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We have a list of things but we're always very happy to add to that list. Yes. Mm -hmm. So thanks again, everybody. And again, this was episode six, right, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> Still right. episode six. Still episode six. Uh, we'll see you next time for episode number seven. <laughs> Bless you. If you liked this episode, please consider donating at loveinsideout.org forward slash donate. As always, thank you for listening. Have a blessed week.